welcome back to The Daily Brew. Great to have you here with me today on day 31 of our journey, completing the first month of our Bible reading plan. I am so, so happy uh, to be completed one month of our devotional. This is the devotional where we drink a new brew every day and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Today I'm in Auckland as we bring to close our first month. Congratulations. You have been reading the Bible for a month now every day. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you and I'm excited today to get into our readings. They they are in the description on every platform as always and I'll read them to you too. Psalm 18 1 to 6, Matthew 2 uh, sorry 21 1 to 17 and Job 19 1 21 to 34. Those are our readings for today. A massive welcome if you're on our audio platforms, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, great to see you as always. Please take a moment now if you haven't done so already and follow, subscribe and click the bell on YouTube so that you can never miss a devotional. And it'll just help us get this out far and wide as well. Before we go any further into the Bible though, let's talk brews. And today to celebrate our one month Uh, our first month of completing the Bible plan, I've got my favorite. Now, this is actually what got me on to coffee. This is when I first got the coffee machine uh, over a a long time ago now. I bought these beans. It's a Wellington Roastery Supreme Coffee. Uh, The same year that it was established was the same year I was born. So I feel an an affinity to this coffee uh, brand. Uh, But today I have the Brazil beans. Um, This is a medium roast. Uh, smooth and rich. Uh, it's got tasting notes of chocolate, rich chocolate. It's smooth and there's also hazelnut in there as well. So uh, it's a medium roast, so it should go down pretty good. I've had it in a filter today. I've actually never tried it in a filter. Um, I'll have it in an espresso uh, form in a few days' time. But today I thought I'll go with the filter using the Chemex. As always, 20 grams of coffee into the Chemex with 30 grams of, uh, sorry, 300 grams. (laughs) That'd be like no brew at all. 300 grams of water uh, coming out of it, extracting. So let's give this a try. First time having it as a filter, I'm I'm excited to see, it's a bit hot, excited to see what this tastes like as a filter. Let's see if we can pick up that rich chocolate or hazelnut vibe. Let's give it a go. Oh man, that's lovely. That's lovely. Now what I've been doing uh, over the last day or so, I've been playing with the grind, getting a more coarse grind for filter. I've been doing a little bit of research, a bit of Googling to see what the grind type should be. So I'm finding that with these grinds, now if they're a bit more coarse, uh, we're getting a better taste out of uh, the coffee. It's sitting at about uh, medium, medium coarseness on my uh, grinder. This is lovely. You do get tasting notes of all of those things. Especially the chocolate. There's definitely uh, a really strong chocolatey taste, which is what they want you to taste. And maybe a bit of a nutty aftertaste, but it's kind of hard to kind of hard to figure that out if there is any actual nut aftertaste in there. That's beautiful though. Loving that. As always, my old faithful, Brazil. Brasilia, winners of the World Cup. No, that was Argentina. That was bad. Should have known that. Call myself a football fan. Anyway, enough of the brews. Let's get into the Bible today and get started on our last day of our first month. Okay, no matter where you are, what I want you to do right now is close your eyes, okay? Close your eyes, unless, of course, you're listening to this and you're driving, so don't don't do that. Uh, Please keep them open, or maybe you're walking somewhere, probably a good idea to keep them open 
as well. So, okay, so here's what we'll do. Instead of instead of closing our eyes, just use your imagination, okay? No matter where you are, not a good start. Uh, just, just use your imagination. I want you to think, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I want you to, whoever, whoever comes into your mind, okay, that's your answer, okay? I don't want you to overthink it. I don't want you to overcomplicate it. Whoever comes into your mind, as soon as I ask you this question, okay, that's, that's your answer. There's no right or wrongs. Okay, here's the question. Are you ready? The question is, who is the greatest leader you can think of? Man, I wish I could, I wish I could hear what you just said. I wish this was a two-way communication. You know, the, the, the truth is my wife probably would have said me as the leader on, of, of our family, uh, the spiritual head. <laughs> probably not. Probably, she probably didn't say that. Uh, but you might have said someone like Winston Churchill, for example, a great leader, a great leader. Maybe you would have said your senior pastor or your life group leader. Maybe you think they're amazing, and I'm sure that they are. Maybe it's a politician or a sportsman or woman that you think is a great leader. For me, when I first asked myself this question, I couldn't help but go past Mikel Arteta, who is the manager of Arsenal Football Club, the greatest football club on the face of the earth. And uh, I, I was thinking about this, though, because... It's been a wee while. Right now, as I'm recording this, we're doing quite well. Top of the league currently for this season. We might win the Premier League. We've got the youngest squad of the whole Premier League, and Mikel Arteta is doing an awesome job. But he signed in 2019. So it's taken him years to get to this point where I'm actually like on board with what he's doing. Now, you might not know anything about football, and that's fine, because it's less about the football and it's more about the leadership. The, the reality is, is that right now he's doing well, but when he first came in, he didn't have instant results. And that's, that's the only problem with most leaders is that they're not good at the start. We don't see the fruit of leadership straight away. They grow into their roles. They learn through failure and mistakes. And those failures and mistakes can sometimes be quite painful. I suppose the other, only other problem with leaders is that most leaders actually have an expiry date. Uh, on their level of greatness, their age, the mistakes that they make, their changing beliefs are some of the things that make an impact on limiting their continued greatness. The reality is, is that the only true great leader, the only goat of leaders, the only goat of leaders, the only leader to have been great from the start all the way and still to this day, but will be great in the finish is Jesus Christ. What he did with the 12 disciples on earth and then what the legacy of those 12 disciples were is legendary. It's, it's amazing that through Jesus's leadership, that the early church was born, that miracles, signs and wonders started to happen, that the new covenant was formed. Jesus is more than a guru. He's more than a smart leader or spiritual leader. He models for us through practical examples of effective leadership for all people, all situations and all scenarios. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. And what that means is that for anybody who has influence at any level, that makes you a leader. Through our scriptures today, I want to have a look at leadership. And I want to take some principles that we can apply to make us better leaders through the life of Jesus, through David, and through Job. David, as I, as, as I just mentioned, David was another one of the great leaders of the Bible. While he made lots of mistakes along the way, he also had tremendous influence throughout scripture. I mean, look at the legacy that he has had. His stories and songs are spoken of daily for generations since he wrote them all the way and, and, and for generations in how many years time. In the psalm that we read today, like many of the other psalms, we see that prayer and worship were key founding practices and principles for David. It's important to note that leadership comes with opposition. If we want to be leaders, if we want to have influence, we're going to have opposition that stands in the way. And David's consistent response to this is to cry out to the Lord and to call on him for help. 
The resultant crying out to the Lord is success. It's worth asking for us, is the Lord my hiding place? Is he my refuge? Worship is uh, the expression of our love and adoration and gratitude for who God is. David writes this. He writes, I love you, Lord, my strength. The heart of worship is this. I love you, Lord. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to worship, just start by saying, I love you, Lord. Keep saying it until you feel the shift inside you. Since we're talking about Jesus being the greatest leader of all times, I want to take a look at some of the leadership characteristics that we can lean on through Jesus's example, particularly through this passage of scripture. The first thing I want us to look at is that we should lead from within. The temptation for leaders is to lead from where you are, what you do, or your title or authority. It's often from insecurity of who we actually are on the inside of us that we over leverage these external things. Jesus was confident in who he was. He knew who he was and why he was on the earth. And it was from this place that he had such authority outworking what it was God had for him to do in leading others. We need to get it firm in our hearts, who we are in God's eyes and why he put us here on earth and then lead from that position. Don't lead from your role. Don't lead from your position. Lead from who you are in God's eyes and who God has made you to be. The second thing is to forget firm words and actions. I love football. I love studying football. I love looking at managers, the way managers operate and within the context of ministry. For me, managing a football team and managing a team within ministry, it's the same. Weekly objectives with an overall goal to win. Now, for ministry, it's not trophies, it's souls. But for, for, for me, I thought after studying these football managers that to get good results, you had to be firm. I thought you had to be strong. I thought you had to be opinionated and I thought you had to be uh, decisive, clear and almost aggressive with leadership. In fact, some of the leaders I've served under were exactly the same. And I thought that was the way to do it. But when you study Jesus's leadership model in scripture, you see that Jesus, he teaches us a different model. This is what he says. Your king comes to you gentle. Yes, Jesus could be firm, of course, when he needed to be, but his default position was gentleness. In the Greek, this word for gentle means considerate and unassuming. I want us to consider how we come across in our leadership. Are we strong? Are we aggressive? Are we too firm? And are there areas in our life that we could change and be a little bit more gentle, considerate and unassuming? The third thing I want to look at is riding on donkeys. Have you ever thought that Jesus, it was weird for him to pick a donkey? Like out of all of the animals you could pick to ride in on as this triumphant entry, why a donkey? Horses were reserved for royalty or for war. And Jesus, he picked a donkey because of what it represented to the people. It represented humility. Jesus models this so firmly throughout scripture. And I think we should lean into this and avoid arrogance and pride in our leadership. So take a moment, examine for yourself where in your own leadership and the way that you live your life, is there any arrogance or pride? And where do you need to switch out some horses, some dragons for maybe some donkeys? <laughs> the fourth thing I want us to look at is healthy confrontation leads to greater health. The truth is, is that Jesus never shied away from confrontation. When it was required, he stepped up and he did so in a healthy way. He wasn't afraid to challenge for the intention of building and growing people. We often believe that if we ignore or avoid something, it'll just go away. Avoidance, though, always leads to unhealthy growth, behavior, thoughts, and actions. We have to be able to confront things when it's not right. Jesus confronted the temple workers and instructed through Scripture the change that was required for them. This brought the change that was necessary for the temple. I want to encourage us to ask for wisdom on what to confront and what to not confront. The fifth thing is that prayer is the number one priority. 
We often use the word priorities, but that doesn't make sense, right? Like if you have a priority, it means it's the number one thing. You can't have more than one number one thing that doesn't work. Jesus models how prayer was his priority. Throughout scripture, we see recorded that Jesus withdrew to pray. He made it his priority, even with a busy ministry schedule, even with a busy life agenda. Jesus made it his priority to withdraw and to pray. If we want to pray like Jesus, we must prioritize prayer. The last thing we can look at today about effective leadership is about our perspective. Throughout Job's trials, he holds on to a different perspective to his friends. His perspective was an eternal one. No matter what we do or uh, for work or what we do with our lives, as Christians, we need to make sure that our perspective is one that is heaven bound and not earth bound. Whatever we bind our perspective to is where we will end up going. Jesus always did this, right? Even on the cross, it was with the joy set before him that he endured the cross. I wonder what it is that's before you. What have you bound yourself to? Is it things of earth, problems, trials, situations, or is it the things of heaven? Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and all the fruits of the Spirit. Job as well, he held on to his perspective in incredible pain. I want to encourage us to let's do what we can to keep our perspective heaven down. Verse of the day. Yes, it's time for the verse of the day, the super sneaky extra bonus verse that we pull out at the end. Let's have a look at this, Job 19.25. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. Growing up uh, in church, there used to be this awesome banger of a song. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. It was a banger, 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 banger. In every season, carry some swag with you that your Redeemer lives that you are redeemed, set free, and set apart by the one who will stand on the earth and over the earth forever. And that is it for today, day 31. We have officially finished our first month of the Bible in a year plan. My word, congratulations. I'm so proud of you for making it this far. We have 11 months to go. We are only just in the beginning. And if you're feeling like you're a bit drowned, don't worry. It's it's a good thing. We can take on more of God than what we can imagine ourselves too. I'm praying for you that God is speaking to you through these scriptures. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to follow along. Uh, lock in with this if you haven't done so already. And if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel and click the bell so you never miss a devotion. Hey, thanks so much. Join me tomorrow with a new brew and some more Bible. I'm excited. I can't wait to see you. If it's the start of your day, have a great day unless it's sleeping time. Good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you tomorrow here on The Daily.